subject of the evening talk is self-identity. We may say when looking at babies and young children that compared with the diversity of our own lives, they may not, especially at a very early age, have a developed sense of a self-identity. What we perhaps we might say that we, is that what we do observe is various patterns and movements and expressions of, of mind, body, which take various formulations, but not something which is perhaps so clear and distinctive as the kind of identity or rather identities that you and I have assumed for ourselves during our life and during the various roles which we have or are at present participating in. And in giving some inquiry, some perception to our life and its, and its movement and expression, we see and fairly self-evident, that, we're, that there's a constant movement going on in our life. And this movement brings us into various involvements, various interests, and sometimes some changes in terms of our function and, and roles in life. And one of the expressions of this in our contemporary society, and I think, though a difficult one, a valuable one, is one of greater exploration, greater exploration of, of role, of one's, of one's sense of identity as a person. And it's not so long ago, not so many generations to go, generations to go that we might say, as a generalization, that one's role in life was fairly well fixed, that there was an emphasis in society, both Western and Eastern, that once the role was established, and often established very early in life, it was somewhat stabilized and made that way through the spectrum of one's life. And to, to often actually break out of that particular uh, role and, and start something completely fresh was rare and unusual, and sometimes that would take the form, both in the West and in the East, of course, of entering the religious life which would be a movement, a very distinct and sharply defined movement away from one prescribed form of life and role into another. And what we have been observing, and I want to go into this a little moment at the mental level, what we've been observing in our society is a greater willingness and capacity to explore, to change role to make movements in our, in our life where what we have perhaps trained for, let alone anything else, what we have trained for for years upon end, suddenly perhaps in our own life, through our own volition, or through circumstances, becomes redundant to us. And we veer, veer away into a, a new area of life, and sometimes making those transitions from a prescribed, what I would call a prescribed way of life, 
perhaps of our own volition or through the encouragement of parents and education and actually altering the direction often that period of transition is very difficult and sometimes extraordinarily difficult a number of you have been referring to it in our, in our group meetings together. Just recently, it was a small um, illustration of, uh, of this. I was speaking with a man from the uh, uh, BBC, and he was a regional director for the television, BBC television. And he said to me, after 27 years in London, he'd got heartily sick of BBC politics. And I'm not at all surprised. And he, de he decided to, despite uh, quite a severe cut in his pension, to move out of London and to move to uh, Devon, it's a rural area in the west of England and go back to his old job as a local uh, radio reporter, you know, interviewing uh, local uh, 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 people for the local radio station. And, and he said it was the best move he had made. So as, as it were, in spite of years and years of training and the pursuit of a particular career, somehow in the course of his life he felt the limitation, the pressure, the frustration, which many, many of you and made that decision, and I would say it's quite a courageous decision, to break away from that and all the, the pleasure that comes with it, the pleasure of power, the pleasure of privilege, the, ple the pleasure of being somebody, to another situation where that is shed and another kind of work, role and lifestyle is embarked upon. And that kind of exploration and experimentation in our society, I notice, is becoming much more frequent. And with the frequency of it, it gives more and more others of us more courage and determination where necessary to make that change. And sometimes that means going from high income to low income nice house to apartment, 1984 car to a 1974 car, <laughs> if you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow it seems to me that this, these, these changes which we're, uh, that people are working with and, and the painful e um, area of transition also has, when viewed in another way, I feel also has other kind of benefits. And, it's, and it begins to move slowly towards this, the spiritual dimension, the spiritual uh, outlook and attitude in life, in which rather than striving and, and all that compelling activity which towards success, which is often basically climbing up on the backs of other people, I mean, in brutal terms, and, and it moves towards a more spiritual movement in, in life where the emphasis and the values change. So it seems to me that there's a healthy spirit taking place in our Western world and it begins gradually to align itself to a vision of life which is, has a more spiritual quality. 
And one of the themes, I still haven't even touched upon what I want to talk about, but anyway, one of the themes, one of the themes of, of this is contentment with little. In originally, and to some extent uh, in the contemporary world, of course, exemplified as a model, as an example, through religious life and religious uh, or, or ordination, and coming more into a spiritual area in our Western society of learning to what one has to make use of it, to make it count, to make it last. And it, it seems to me it fits in both with a spiritual perception of life and this outer vision and realization taking place at a political and especially uh, green political, uh, ecological level. That it becomes an expression of an awareness and sensitivity in life not to be compelled into accumulating, accumulating and leapfrogging over other people. So this outer and inner awareness begins to come together and one of the, is what I want to talk about now, one of the things that um, is significant in this is what is my role? That, because it's within the terms of the role that you and I most noticeably, experientially speaking, establish our self-identity within the context of a small but significant number of roles in life. And through that role, or more precisely, through those roles in life, you and I put and place our mind. We and place our identity, we place our investments, we build up the perception of ourselves, we form our opinions about ourselves through a set number of roles. Given, of course, that the actual role and function may be changing. And sometimes there's an overspilling of the mind from one role into another, into another. Let me explain. Um, we're following a particular way of life and in that particular way of life, let us say, quite often it can be, say, a uh, working life and one has a, a particular job. And that particular job, by virtue of the fact that it, that it requires 40 hours a week or more, so someone said to, said to us today in the, in the group, it was going from 8.30 in the morning till 10 at night, and finally they saw the light. <laughs> I don't mind me, but anyway. That, that generally speaking, that working life itself consumes a great deal of time, so the sense of role, the image about ourselves, may get very much related to that activity. Given our identity builds up through that. And given that we're not often adequately aware of how much we invest, how much we build up in that, when that role, that identity is shaken, 
actually, I mean, talking this real fact, actual experience, when it's actually shaken the image of ourselves through the role, our world, psychological world, can become extraordinarily turbulent. And what one sees, and given the climate of, of the social climate of today, the shaking of ourselves and our role can come from factors right outside of ourselves. It can have its origin in some political decision made X amount of time ago and it feeds its way down and one's job is under threat. And so with that comes this shaking of, of, our, of our mind. And sometimes it comes from actually within ourselves, often initially the intimations being the expressions of doubt about what one's doing, what the purpose of it, whether it's worth continuing with it, is do I want to commit myself to this for X number of years ahead? And so there's a, there has been perhaps initially some kind of foundation. Underneath that foundation, those, the whisperings of the doubt, the murmurings of the doubt begin to come through. And the image, the role, the sense of one's identity psychologically is shook up. An increasing phenomena in a rapidly changing world that we live in. In that it means for us, of course, both with the, with the present and certainly in, into the future, to be aware of in what kind of role we are in and what you and I are building up in our role. How are we relating to that activity? Because so often within, hope you can follow okay, within the activity that one is doing, one has a certain degree of knowledge about. You know something about what you're doing. Yet, there's a tremendous amount that you and I don't know. But if there is a background of knowing and there is, as there must be, this accompanying not knowing, the not knowing factor, if not accepted, can produce a lot of fear and agitation. Every time somebody you know, criticizes you, criticizes me because we don't know something or we're not clear about something within that role, that role, instead of being just a function, becomes a proof about ourselves. It becomes a proof of our validity as a human being, of our sense of worth as a human being, because we've put in time, and it's only in time, we put in time ourselves into the role. It be, there's a sense of self-identity. There is an identity with something. We identify with a function. And this identifying with a function or investing ourselves into that is a very precarious way of being. Because it's under threat, as I mentioned, from the internal factors which move it, and it's under threat from 
external, objective factors which also move it. So one may ask oneself, is it worth, and then one has to ask oneself deeply this now, is it worth identifying and investing with a function? Because self gets created out of it. Any function. Let me give, let me give you uh, an example of this. If one sees that the, our f- activities in life, our, our roles in life is purely, uh, purely functional, nothing to build up in, nothing to invest in, nothing to create an identity out of, nothing special, that inwardly can be extraordinarily freeing. And I remember 10, some, oh God, when was it? 15 years ago, I went to see this uh, one of the monks in uh, Thailand, uh, Buddha Dasa. He's he's been ordained uh, donkey's years, and and I asked him so I asked him uh, a question. I wasn't uh, ordained. I was just um, uh, hitchhiking around at that time, and I asked him a question which I can't recall about uh, life in some way or other. And he said, if you want to understand, if you want to penetrate in, into life, you must be free of identifying with anything in life. Any kind of uh, role, any kind of position. And he leaned back and he took hold of his monk's robe, you know, which he'd had on since uh, 40-odd years, and he took hold of this robe and he pulled it straight off the top of his uh, shoulder, similar style robe as the, uh, the monks here are wearing, pulled it off the top of his shoulder and he put it up in the air and he said, nothing worth being identified with. And it's that, in a way, it's that kind of spirit in which one has a function, it may be, in his case, a pretty well a lifelong function, but the mind has a relationship to it, of not investing in it, not making it special, not creating a uniqueness out of it, not thinking oneself is important. Through function. One of the things which we notice, and I mentioned earlier on with regard to this, is that one can engage in a particular role, there's a particular function which goes uh, along with that role. And one of the unfortunate things, given the dynamics and pressures of our society and of our own life and mind, is that within that function, within that activity, 
both emotions and thoughts and interests and knowledge and, and uh, capabilities and lack of capabilities all get, as it were, centred in that. And when things are going difficult, we get bound and confused and anxious and fearful within that role. As I mentioned, it tends to spill over. And it can't help but spill over given the characteristic, the nature of our, of our mind. So that one, as an example, may be engaged in one work activity, one moves out of that at the end of the day into another activity, coming home, one isn't the uh, worker, one's the, one's the uh, wife, husband, lover, parent, or whatever it, whatever it might be. And in that dynamic which has taken place in one part of the day, the role changes, there's been difficulty and it spills over. And so the old role is not functioning but the messiness, one might say, of the difficulty or the stress or the pressure falls over into the next role. And we've all, I'm sure, experienced this running on of the effects coming out of one role and running straight into another. Now when that happens with frequency, what's one's life relationship going to be like? What's the, what's the relationship going to be like with, with, with people, with, with, with work, with leisure, with, with, with our whole perceptions of life? And somewhere in, in that, the beauty of life and the, the, the significance, the preciousness of it, the, the extraordinariness of it becomes very much obscured because we're unable to see, and it's hard to see of course, that there's a self-identity in one role and it's become so much that it's running everywhere. So part of our practice, and part in our practice here, here of course, is to endeavour to be aware of if I'm having difficulty, if I'm having difficulty in an area of my life, which area of my life is, is that? Endeavouring to be clear about that particular area. Is it work? Is it personal relationships? Is it the place where I live? Is, my, is it my spiritual life or whatever? And, and endeavouring to be clear as possible about one's role there, one's function there. To help coordinate some kind of um, balance and integration. When we're speaking then we come to a little bit more of a, a deeper level in this movement. When we're speaking of role, we're speaking to, apart from function, we're speaking to of a certain kind of image. In a, I am a whatever it might be. And there is a picture, as it were, of oneself as one is through a primary activity. 
that image is not something real or something unique or something unto itself. It's something created in a total situation. It can't exist by itself. I might say to myself sometimes, I'm, you know, I'm tra traveling around a little bit and uh, sitting on a plane and somebody says, uh, um, what, what do you do? <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> and uh, I say, um, um, <laughs> I say I'm a teacher. Oh, what sort of school do you teach in? Um, <laughs> um, I teach adults. Oh, um, in an edu ed adult education centre, not quite. <laughs> so so uh, there, there's a si situation which uh, arises, so then I say I'm a, I'm a meditation teacher, I conduct retreats. <laughs> that usually ends all conversation. <laughs> person looks out at the clouds. <laughs> and my function or my role as a teacher is so obviously related and dependent on the fact that there are people to relate to. In other in what one might call students, so this is a uh, inappropriate concept for our communication together. But let us say, there's a, there's a teacher and there are students. And to be a student, one requires some kind of teacher to make, to use the usual application of the word student. And a teacher requires some kind of student. And in that, the role is established. In other words, that the role that one has in life doesn't stand alone. It must stand in relationship to some area of life. Now that role as a, as, a, as a teacher, if there are no students, as an exam example, the role itself must be threatened. If there are a lot of students, whatever it is, the role very easily can keep being reaffirmed. And with that, one's sense of self-identity becomes established within that role. But it's because we've put into it. And if we look at the areas of our life and our sense of self, somewhere or other there's, got, there's going to be an image. There's going to be a sense of role, a sense of who I am via that image. But it's an image. Something dependent on something else, connected to something else. And I say, this is who I am. I am a teacher. But it's just a function, it's just a role, it's just an image. I am, I am. I am a, I am a, I am a. And the more we've put into it, the more charge, the more build up, the more, the more we believe it so strongly 
that our existence and our, of who we are is related to that. And maybe that's not who we are. Maybe that's a myth. It's a fiction that our mind has created because perhaps we don't know how to look in any other way except via the role. In the old days, it's not so long ago, it's two and a half thousand years ago. People sometimes, I mean, I think we do sometimes, we feel two and a half thousand years ago, whenever I was, God, that was a long time ago. Only one way of looking, in another way, it's just like yesterday. Look at the life of the earth, it's just yesterday. There's a great deal of encouragement, and there still is to some degree, for men and women to actively leave their role, to move what they used to call the homeless life, to move into that so that one has no, no role, nothing to invest in. And in the old uh, days of uh, Gautama, and he and his friends were walking and, uh, in North India. For the first 20, 30 years or so they're walking together. They never had uh, robes, you know. There was none of that form. They just wore any old clothes, just cloth, the rags of the time. There wasn't a, the form wasn't established. And there were simply men and women who, to all intents and purposes, had forsaken their role, forsaken what they were brought up to be. In order to pursue, meditatively speaking, spiritually speaking, and through contentment with very, very little, a way to find out who really am I on this earth. And there was very little given in the message and in the teachings to having some kind of resource, some kind of dependency, something or someone to lean upon. And that's why one doesn't get in the scripture references to God or a divine power or anything in any way which gives you and I a kind of way of moving out to something as a means of not dealing with the very primary question, who am I if I am not the role? In other words, the resources, the, 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 the outlets from those men and women, past and present, were taken away by moving away from. And in our contemporary world, in contemporary society, given the liberalization that is taking place, and I feel something very healthy which you and I of our generation have established even more independently than our parents. That the flexibility of our minds and the movement and the changing of, of roles is giving us more space 
if we want to use it, more time if we wish, wish to use it, to look at the image which we've established about ourselves, to see, maybe we can see radically different. Radical, I think, I hope you know what radical, radical means like, you know this, this vegetable radish, do you have these in the States? Yeah, right. Get to the root of, that's to be radical, to get to the root of things. And in that willingness to look at our varying roles and the limitations of that and to see through them, not to necessarily to give them up or to change them, but to see through them in order that hopefully another order of seeing can come about. And when that is coming about, that deepening is coming about, that greater depth is coming about, then the whole question of self comes into question. The whole question of the validity of self, of the validity of no self of is there a self without the role in some way or other, without the image, without the build-up and the investment in two. Then the mind spiritually inquiry and undergoes another kind of journey. And I feel that you and I as men and women have the the opportunity in our life to make that exploration because in our time and age we have a considerable degree, socially speaking, of much more freedom. And one expression of it is that you and I are here together. So we might ask ourselves, in, in the course of my day today, while I have been here, where do I see, the, uh, or what do I see as being the primary kind of movement of my mind today? What area or aspect of myself has been most noticeable, most, ex- most noticeably experienced during the flow and the course of this day? And in our becoming aware of that and learning, and that's practice of course, learning not to attach so much into that, then our consciousness won't be so dependent upon who we think we are. It won't be so dependent on the question which comes to us when somebody asks, who are you? And you or I respond with our name and our job, or our name and our more increasingly these days, our name and our lack of a job. (laughs) (laughs) And instead of that kind of immediacy of reply, perhaps our getting behind that or going deeper into ourselves is learning to get in touch through quietness of observation, through 
the inner listening, through being more inwardly attentive to where that's coming from. Where the question, where the response, where the reaction actually emanates from inside of ourself. And to see what else is emanating with the image, with the picture that we have. And to see again and again, this is just a picture of oneself. It's not the true reality of oneself. And one of the characteristic features of that inward movement is with Rho, there's a great deal of activity. And in the reduction in seeing through that more clearly, in a, in a more full way, activity, psychological activity, begins to be reduced. And so that the sense of the inner journey and the deepening of the inner journey is one of the movement from activity to a refinement inwardly with less activity. And sometimes in just sitting, you know exactly what I mean. When you are just sitting and there's nothing occurring, you're completely, completely with yourself. And none of these responsibilities and functions and roles and positions and the, and the status which goes with it and the rejections which go with it and the sense of inadequacy which goes with it and the sense of being this or not being this when none of that is, is actually in operation you're not, you're not anymore specifically a man or a woman you're not specific, specifically a householder or a monk you're not specific uh, an American or Asian or whatever. You're not a doer of this, a doer of that. All of those things through which self is created, upon which self totally depends, just doesn't count. It doesn't say anything about you. About us. And in a deep way about life. It all seems extra. And sometimes in just sitting and just being present, one sees that that's all redundant to the real issues of discovery. So in our practice, giving care and attention to the inner work. Being aware when the mind, with its image, understandably has become fixed and there's involvement in it. Learning to accommodate that, be in touch with that. Allowing it to find its own expression. Developing the practice so that one isn't building up on it. And in that more inwardness and settling in taking place, those things of life which for you and I have seemed so important, which we've given so much time to, are not so important. Not really what counts. 
And in the deepening of the inner journey, another order of being must manifest itself. Another order of action must manifest itself in which self-identity is not what we thought it to be. And out of that emerges love. May all beings see into themselves. May all beings see into the nature of things. May all beings know that sublime emptiness. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.